I am not so superstitious as some of your physicians, men of science, as you are pleased to be called, said Halver, replying to an accusation that had not been made. Some of you, only a few, I confess, believe in the immortality of the soul, and in apparitions which you have not the honesty to call ghosts. I go no further than a conviction that the living are sometimes seen where they are not, but have been, where they have lived so long, perhaps so intensely, as to have left their impress on everything about them. I know, indeed, that one's environment may be so affected by one's personality as to yield, long afterward, an image of oneself to the eyes of another. Doubtless the impressing personality has to be the right kind of personality, as the perceiving eyes have to be the right kind of eyes. Mine, for example. Yes, the right kind of eyes conveying sensations to the wrong kind of brain, said Dr. Fraley, smiling. Thank you. One likes to have an expectation gratified. That is about the reply that I supposed you would have the civility to make. Pardon me. But you say that you know. That is a good deal to say, don't you think? Perhaps you will not mind the trouble of saying how you learned. You will call it an hallucination, Hover said, but that does not matter. And he told the story. Last summer I went, as you know, to pass the hot weather term in the town of Meridian. The relative at whose house I had intended to stay was ill, so I sought other quarters. After some difficulty, I succeeded in renting a vacant dwelling that had been occupied by an eccentric doctor of the name of Mannering, who had gone away years before, no one knew where, not even his agent. He had built the house himself and had lived in it with an old servant for about ten years. His practice, never very extensive, had, after a few years, been given up entirely. Not only so, but he had withdrawn himself almost altogether from social life and become a recluse. I was told by the village doctor, about the only person with whom he held any relations, that during his retirement he had devoted himself to a single line of study, the result of which he had expounded in a book that did not commend itself to the approval of his professional brethren, who indeed considered him not entirely sane. I have not seen the book and cannot now recall the title of it, but I am told that it expounded a rather startling theory. He held that it was possible, in the case of many a person in good health, to forecast his death with precision, several months in advance of the event. The limit, I think, was eighteen months. There were local tales of his having exerted his powers of prognosis, or perhaps you would say diagnosis, and it was said that in every instance the person whose friends he had warned had died suddenly at the appointed time and from no assignable cause. All this, however, has nothing to do with what I have to tell. I thought it might amuse a physician. The house was furnished just as he had lived in it. It was a rather gloomy dwelling for one who was neither a recluse nor a student, and I think it gave something of its character to me. Perhaps some of its former occupant's character. For always I felt in it a certain melancholy that was not in my natural disposition, nor, I think, due to loneliness. I had no servants that slept in the house, but I have always been, as you know, rather fond of my own society, being much addicted to reading, though little to study. Whatever was the cause, the effect was dejection and a sense of impending evil. This was especially so in Dr. Mannering's study, although that room was the lightest and most airy in the house. 
The doctor's life-size portrait in oil hung in that room and seemed completely to dominate it. There was nothing unusual in the picture. The man was evidently rather good-looking, about fifty years old, with iron-gray hair, a smooth, shaven face, and dark, serious eyes. Something in the picture always drew and held my attention. The man's appearance became familiar to me and rather haunted me. One evening I was passing through this room to my bedroom with a lamp. There is no gas in Meridian. I stopped as usual before the portrait, which seemed in the lamplight to have a new expression. Not easily named, but distinctly uncanny. It interested, but did not disturb me. I moved the lamp from one side to the other and observed the effects of the altered light. While so engaged, I felt an impulse to turn around. As I did so, I saw a man moving across the room directly toward me. As soon as he came near enough for the lamplight to illuminate the face, I saw that it was Dr. Mannering himself. It was as if the portrait were walking. I beg your pardon, I said somewhat coldly, but if you knocked, I did not hear. He passed me, within an arm's length, lifted his right forefinger as in warning, and without a word went on out of the room, though I observed his exit no more than I had observed his entrance. Of course, I need not tell you that this was what you will call an hallucination and I call an apparition. That room had only two doors, of which one was locked. The other led into a bedroom from which there was no exit. My feeling on realizing this is not an important part of the incident. Doubtless this seems to you a very commonplace ghost story. One constructed on the regular lines laid down by the old masters of the art. If that were so, I should not have related it, even if it were true. The man was not dead. I met him today in Union Street. He passed me in a crowd. Hover had finished his story, and both men were silent. Dr. Fraley absently drummed on the table with his fingers. Did he say anything today? He asked. Anything from which you inferred that he was not dead? Hover stared and did not reply. Perhaps, continued Fraley, he made a sign, a gesture lifted a finger as in warning it's a trick he had a habit when saying something serious announcing the result of a diagnosis for example yes he did just as his apparition had done good god did you ever know him hover was apparently growing nervous i knew him I have read his book, as will every physician someday. It is one of the most striking and important of the century's contributions to medical science. Yes, I knew him. I attended him in an illness three years ago. He died. Horace sprang from his chair, manifestly disturbed. He strode forward and back across the room, then approached his friend and in a voice not altogether steady said, Doctor, have you anything to say to me as a physician? No, Hover. 
You are the healthiest man I ever knew. As a friend, I advise you to go to your room. You play the violin like an angel. Play it. Play something light and lively. Get this cursed bad business off your mind. The next day, Hover was found dead in his room. The violin at his neck. The bow upon the strings. His music opened before him at Chopin's funeral march. Hi, I'm Jamie Markey. <gasps> and I'm Michael Tatum. And this is cool intention. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to take that. Yeah, I'd love to take that breath. I do a thing when I'm um, when I audition. One of my ticks is I'll take huge breaths between, uh, you know, whenever there's a spot in the copy that allows it, so that I can like go for a long period because I hate cutting out breaths before mm -hmm. I send it in. It's just so time consuming. So I'm like, I'll just give myself three giant breaths to take out of this copy instead of like I've heard you do it. Sixteen little ones. I do it all the time. Yeah. So if you ever it hear sounds me like this. Yeah, yeah. So if you ever hear me doing it on here, uh, listeners, I know Matt Matt tries to take most of them out, but sometimes he'll leave them in just, I think, just because he likes to. <laughs> to be real. To be real. Um, it's not because I'm suddenly poking myself in the ass with a stick. It's just, it's me making room for the air. <laughs> it's, a, it's an acting technique. It's it your is. voiceover it technique. Is. Right. Yeah. Well, because sometimes, too, we'll have super, in anime in particular, because the animation is done first, mm -hmm. we'll have to do a whole line of shit that's like 30 <laughs> seconds long <laughs> <with> no <break. laughs> Just flaps. Just like, we call them Muppet flaps. Yeah. I had an yep, actress once in the booth, and you'll know who it is, but uh, back when I was directing, and she had to say at the end of this long monologue where there was just no pauses, so there was no, uh, if, if she fucked up a line toward the end, there was no way to, like, come in at a, and, like, do a wild you take and splice. Thing. You have to do the whole thing over again. And we Ugh. kept having to do it again and again and again because she kept fucking up the word ancient, which was a, oh. which which there's no other word I could replace it with. Like, that was the only word that worked did in that context. Did she fuck it up or did she say ancient? She said ancient, which is Ugh. fucking it up. And, yes, it's and true. So, That's true. And I was like, honey, I, you, it's so close. Try it with me. She's like, I know. I've been trying to say it for years the right way, and I just can't. It comes out like anxious. It's one of my words. And we all have those words that we have trouble Tor saying. Towards <laughs> Me is irrelevant. But I'll change it if I'm recording. Like, mine, if I am mine is irrelevant. The word irrelevant. It's very relevant when I can't do it. But um, I have to really think about it. Otherwise, it comes out irrelevant, oh. which is, and I can't, and I cannot always yeah. hear the difference. It's weird. But so I, I had this genius. Genius moment, the stroke of genius. And I was like, say ain't shit. Like, that ain't shit. Tatum, you ain't shit. And she was like, Tatum, you ain't shit. I'm like, there, you're halfway there. You're more than halfway there. So pretend instead of ancient, you're saying ain't shit. She got through the whole fucking thing and it was beautiful. And she was like, holy fucking shit. <laughs> My entire <laughs> life not being able to say that word. And now you taught me how to do it dirty. And I got it. Like, That's right. It's good to have again. It's There's still that I, in in there though. There, ancient. Yeah, but she was able to get there just fine. Once she once she yeah. got the ain't shit part, she's like ancient. Like she's, oh shit, that fuck yeah. yeah, it was great. And you know who That's I'm talking. Nice. You can just you can always you you can tell who I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. But um, mm -hmm. you know. But she was great. Yeah. But that was just a one word. And I was very proud of that. I don't know why I've talked about That's that. I'm in a very chatty mood today. I, that's fine. We're doing a podcast, so being chatty is probably <laughs> we, we have time a to benefit. fill. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Uh, yeah, my I'll change towards towards every time towards, you do it it makes me it makes me giggle every time you do it. I just can't think about it. Right. Cuz then it sounds weird and towards. then I start overthinking about it. You know, the hardest is when you have to say a word that you've read plenty of times but you've never said out loud. Oh, story of my fucking That's life. When, what? Story, story of, of your life. fucking life. Yeah. I'll be like, that's not how you say that. It's not Antigone. The play is called Antigone. Oh, Antigone. shit. Mind blown. Oh. Right. Yeah. I remember, this is when I know that uh, you and Jack were friendship soulmates because <laughs> uh, you have Jack who, you know, he's from Eastern Kentucky and he sounds like this. <laughs> and then you, who sounds like you, <laughs> who sound, and you guys were talking like about Vincent something, <laughs> and yeah, it was a bookstore liquor, like bookstore bar. And, yes, to- uh, oh yeah, yeah, Tompkins yeah. in Fort Worth, which I wonder if they're still That's around. Right. I don't know. Oh, I hope so. They were great, so though. great, yeah. And you were talking, and I can't even remember what the word was, but you said, or you said it one way, and Jack was like, "Oh, I always thought it was pronounced blah blah blah," because he has no ego with stuff like that because he doesn't know a lot of, you know, didn't grow up with a lot of people who said words that he knew, right? And so right. he has no ego. He really wants to know how you say it. Um, he trends the British uh, way of saying things too. Yeah, like you know, different different words that British will put. You know, aluminium. He doesn't say that, but like, like that kind instead of, of like thing. like instead of uh, instead of contribute, they'll say uh, um, uh, contribute. contribute. They'll, they yeah, tend to put the emphasis contribute. on the first syllable there, which is and he'll says contribute, which is great. It's perfectly legit. Yeah. But I'm just like, oh, yeah. whatever. So yeah, we yeah. we bonded. So over then you that. guys were talking about how to say this one word that I had no idea what it fucking meant, and I was like, this is great. He taught Best me the friends. word. He taught me words I didn't know before. It's not that yeah. people don't often get a chance to do that. I, that sounds terribly arrogant, but I'm 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 very. I know lots of words. I know all the best words. You read a lot. Um, read a lot. <laughs> and I'd never heard or even read the word termagant, which was mm. like the word for like a a, a saucy woman, I guess, or like a termagant. That's <laughs> term, probably how he said it. Termagant. 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 I mean, his his pronunciation is gospel for me now because he's where I learned <laughs> the word. So termagant. Termagant. <laughs> Which I love, yeah. love. It's such a, it's, it's now, I've now added it to my lexicon. Jack would say lexicon. Lexicon. <laughs> <laughs> like Lexington. Speaking of lexicon, lexicon. what's our, uh, our title today, Jamie? Oh, it is. Well, first, I would like to thank Ben Phillips. Oh, I just hit my microphone. Sorry, microphone. Um, <laughs> so, you ben, so want to thank uh, him. Ben you're Phillips. slapping your mic. <laughs> what? <laughs> you so are ready to thank him. You're slapping your microphone. That's right. I'm very excited about it. Uh, ben Phillips read our opening Yay. story, which is another piece by Ambrose Bierce, and it is a diagnosis, the diagnosis of death. Love and it. that Love is it. one that when I was reading it, I immediately thought of Ben, and I talked to you about it, and you were like, yes. So then we asked him, and he was gracious uh. enough to do it. So ben is such a great so much, person. Ben. He's so great. He has. I've gotten the opportunity to see him perform on stage uh, as an mm-hmm. actor multiple times in musicals and whatnot. And so not only is he a wonderful actor, but he has the voice of an angel. Like if mm-hmm. you if you've never had the chance to hear Ben Phillips sing, uh, Jamie, especially from like the Great American Songbook, it is a treat. So Ben, yeah. Yeah. I adore him, and he's also just one hell of an actor and a nice guy. He is. Very funny, very very incisive very wit online. Follow him on the Twitters. He's very very yes. funny. His tweets never fail to bring a smile to my That's face. Right. That's true. That's uh, true. So thank you, Ben. Excellent. Of you're course, the best. I'm not surprised, but thank you, thank you. I really wanted to hear it. I love it so much. Yeah. <laughs> um, and now I can talk about our title. <laughs> uh, the title is That I Might Not Sleepwalk. That I Might Not Sleepwalk. 
that I might not sleepwalk. The full quote is, the very reason I write is so that I might not sleepwalk through my entire life. And that's Zadie Smith. Yep. Zadie Smith. Zadie Smith. Zadie. It could be Zadie. Jack might say Zadie. Zadie. Zadie Smith. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. uh, So that is, and that title you actually found because yeah, it's just seemed appropriate because we're doing kind of a we're doing we're kind of going back to our old style today. Kind of, it's a combination of things. Um, we've done it before, and we're just going to tell a series of stories of the unexplained from yeah. the Reddit. From the Reddit, it's good. Why not? Why not? We're voice Reddit actors. is a really great resource for us. So <laughs> why not use it? I mean, we're um, on it all the time, looking for stories just to just to have fun, mm-hmm. and we might as well find them to use on the show. That's right. And so one of one of our favorite sites as well is the Graveyard Shift on uh-huh. Ranker. Yeah. And so, so these good. particular three are authors I would like to give credit for, Amanda Sedlock-Hevener, Jordan Merrick, and Michael Gibson. So they sorted through a lot of <laughs> a lot of threads on Reddit and were like, ooh, these are really great stories. Let's here's post the, these in a the list. Here's the creme de la and creme. That's right. And so I took <laughs> these stories from those lists. <laughs> <laughs> this is the creme de la creme de la creme. <laughs> That's right. And so we thought we would just entertain you guys with a bunch of spooky yes, stories. Yes, But we'll start in September off. To get you in the October spirit before right. October. Now hits. that the weather for many of us is starting to just beginning to feel a little like fall. Oh my it's God, we had a day last through. week that when the high was like 74. It was, it was weird. It, and it, it, the temperature dropped so quickly. It went mm-hmm. from like 90s or 80s all the way down to the 50s that night in the space of like two or three hours, less than. Yeah. And it was like, holy shit. Because we take the dogs out for a walk pretty late. So yeah. we don't, so we're, the, we're less likely to run into people. And, uh, <laughs> Because well, you know, and that we've been doing that because well before they the hate pandemic. People. I just don't. I don't hate people. I'm just not interested <laughs> just in them. I, I just, I just don't, like, don't wanna, care. I was really I was waiting. Down. I had to go to the tax office today to get my registration renewed because I let it slide because fucking pandemic. So I had to go in. Uh, you know, there's a mail-in date, but you, it it expired. So I had to oh, go yeah. into it. So I had to go in and like. <laughs> yeah, I'm late on mine by in, like uh, three years. <laughs> three years. <laughs> But I haven't driven since fucking February, so, you know, um, it hasn't yeah. been pressing, but I'm like, oh, we're about to make a big trip, so I'm rolling in the run of uh, Anyway, so I'm sitting there, and I'm texting Jamie while I'm waiting for my number to be called, um, and I'm just, like, watching, and I'm like, the people watching here is just, like, mm, chef's kiss. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you can tell a lot about a person by the mask they're wearing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so like, Michael's going to go into a new industry where he tells personality. It's kind of like fortune-telling, but, mm-hmm. like, but more on the the um, horoscope side, where it's just based on your mask, what he can tell from you. Like, here's the thing, about you. and I, and maybe this is very judgmental of me, but if if you're in a public place where you have to wear a mask or they won't let you in, and I mean that's just a thing. So you can be an anti-masker all you want, but not there. And if you're uh, if you're a certain kind of slightly overweight white guy, and you're wearing a t-shirt over your face as a mask. Mm. I, I feel like I know who you voted for. Um, yeah. And, yeah. you know, if, you, if, you, uh, if you're if you a fabulous uh, Latino woman and you're wearing, like, the, the beautiful uh, leopard print or a zebra print mask, that's... Yeah. I bet your house is fucking amazing. Like, I bet I bet yeah. your, your interior decor skills are on fucking point and I want them. If you're wearing a maroon mask like me, you're probably a judgy asshole. Right. 
And mine has <laughs> flowers on it. Also judgy, but clever. Judgy, but fun. <laughs> um, I, would, I think there needs to be a new trend where like people can like wear masks that like tell you something about their personality consciously. But yeah, I, I, so I was watching people today, and that's how I got through it because it was like eh, you had to wait about thirty minutes, I guess, to be yeah. called in. And oh, have God. you found that as we go on in this, I am now like. I can't wear this mask because it's blue and my outfit is black. Oh, God. What do you mean now? I have a different I, mask. I started that. Like, I started there. <laughs> I was like, oh, God, I, was just I can't like, wear oh, this. I was just like, oh, just one mask I, is fine, whatever. I can't wear this white mask. Everything else I'm wearing clashes. You know, like, no, it stands yeah. out too much. So we had, like, we got a variety of masks so I can decide. Yeah. For me, I love clothes. So this was just a new, ch- a new, another chance to accessorize and not have to worry about whitening my teeth. Oh, that's so true. Because <laughs> I really, I I really should whiten my teeth getting, and I don't want to. So one of my favorite new drinks is um, I love tart cherry juice because oh, yep. it's really tart. <laughs> but also if you put some Prosecco in it, it feels very fancy. and It's um, like you, tart and fancy. That's right. And it's, <laughs> it's yummy. It's very yummy. Um, and it's a, it's a detoxifying juice. So um, mm. I'm sure the Prosecco just helps, right? Yeah. Uh, vodka works as well. Spoonful of sugar. <laughs> but anyway. Spoonful of sugar helps the medicine bubbles. go down. <laughs> I like the bubbles. bubbles. And so I was getting some Prosecco at Target, and they had to come check my ID. And <laughs> this is the first time I haven't just, like, ordered alcohol online and had it delivered. So <laughs> like it, since all this started. Right. And she came up, and she's like, okay, what's your birth year? And I told her, and she looked at the thing, and she's like, I would never have guessed that. And I was like, well, that's the benefit of having half of your face covered. <laughs> <laughs> Thank I you just, so much for thinking my forehead and eyes are younger than I am. <laughs> I, I just, I love wearing masks now because I never miss an opportunity to be like, the city belongs to me now. Like, I, <laughs> I, I love it. How are people not getting into that? I don't understand. The yeah. anti-maskers are missing so many opportunities for play. That's all I'm saying. They are. They um, really are. So Do anyway, start these stories? yes. Well, I let me start with the news of the weird. I've got a couple of news oh, weird weird that's items. Right. That's right. I know. I will one day remember <laughs> this, <laughs> and it will be our first story. Um, yeah. <laughs> I almost um, sent you one, but it's not weird. It's adorable. If anybody wants to look up, Dave Grohl is having um, a drum. Uh, what do they call it? Um, Circle competition. Oh, competition uh, tournament. A, Drum off with this drum little girl who yeah. she's done this with other things. A cutting yeah, session. It's a it's a it's a drum off, right? Like so, she drummed drummed something for Dave Grohl to drum, and That's then he so drummed cool. it, and then she did it back, and now he wrote a song for her, and it's just the purest, most wholesome thing. Oh Look it God. up. There Watch is, all the videos. It will make think, your heart soar uh, and sing because it's so cute and just. Good. It's just good. I and wish, we all need that right now. I wish. Thank you. I'm going to look that up. I wish I could think of her name. There's a TikToker who I started following a few months back because I she just came up on my page and I was like, this, please, more of this. So I followed her. Um, she's this little, I don't want to say old lady, but she's certainly middle aged and and uh, and looking quite good. I might add for her age, for any age. But she looks. There you go. That's but it. imagine a woman that looks like my mom, mm-hmm. or your mom. Uh, but who's also a kick-ass drummer. And I mean, nice. a 
kick-ass drummer. I think I'm I like, know who you're talking about. Yeah, she's fucking amazing. Yeah. And she just, she's, she'll do anything, any kind of rhythm pattern, any sort of drumming style. She's got it fucking down. And I'm like, God damn, what have I done with my life? Like, <laughs> this woman yeah. is owning these drums and she looks like she knits, you know, which is nothing right. wrong with that. But it's but like, it's not... she used to, she seems like she used to be in a drum line. Yes, yes, most yes, yeah, she, yes, and she's and she's still friends with a few other women that were in that same drum line, I believe, and so they'll That's get together so cool. and do this thing, and it's like, fuck, yes, it's so great. But anyway, Ugh. I didn't anyway, come here today, good. and now now news to the weird. I didn't okay, come here good. today to talk to you about that, but here, <laughs> this first story I really like. It's called "I'm Calling It Now You See Me." An 80-year-old man who went missing while hiking during a hailstorm was reunited with his family at the press conference stage to try and find him. <laughs> So good. Harry Harvey was reported missing at 1.30 p.m. on Sunday after he became separated from his walking partner while out hiking in the Yorkshire Dales in the northwest of England, northeast of England. Police, the Royal Air Force, and mountain rescue workers spent four days searching for him, the unexperienced hiker, and a press conference was planned for Wednesday at the Tan Hill Inn. So this was two weeks ago, uh, situated within the National Park. But the planned appeal turned into a celebration when Harvey turned up at the pub. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, oh, what an entrance, right? Um, yeah. A wildlife photographer had spotted him while out on the moors and contacted rescuers. Embraced by his son and daughter-in-law, Harvey. Uh, uh, Harvey, who had uh, a large dressing uh, large dressing on his forehead, uh, addressed the cameras uh, and, waited, uh, and waited on reporters. Seated by a roaring fire in the country uh, pub, he described being caught in a really heavy hailstorm with howling gales and winds. By the time I got my kid on, it was really dark, he said at the press conference, broadcast by the, the, the Tan Hill Inn on Facebook Live. Harvey said that he had reverted to Plan B by finding somewhere safe to camp and setting up his tent. When questioned about his injury, he said, I, can't, it, uh, I came off a bridge and that was it. Lost my glasses and my compass. Fortunately, the orange frames of his glasses made it easy for him to find them again. Asking how, he, asking how he felt about the gathering at the pub, he said, if I'd have known, I wouldn't have come back. <laughs> I, could do, I could do without all this. <laughs> I, had, I love that. I had three really uh, good wild camping nights where I was on my own and had all the kit I needed. The only thing I was getting a bit short of, uh, I've got a hell of an appetite. And when I get hungry, I've got to get to something to eat or I can't go on. Harvey's relatives were less enthusiastic about the experience. His daughter-in-law, <laughs> whose name was not given, told the press conference, he's had a blast, we've had a nightmare. Harvey's son <laughs> said his father is now grounded. <laughs> I think he means like grounded, like not allowed to leave the house. Adding that he can wear his new hiking boots to practice on the bowling green rather than go off trekking. Um, Have you ever been caught in a hailstorm? Uh, a couple times, yes, and yeah. and it's yeah it, while camping, in fact, and it is not fun. It um, yeah. yeah, it's not fun. So I've I had mean, um, well, one time I was coming back from my friend's house, and it was a bike ride away. I was like seven or eight, and so she pro she lived in the same neighborhood, but probably like a half a mile, a mile away, or something like that. And there was a storm coming, and this is Oklahoma, so her mom for some reason was like you need to go home now because there's a storm coming and by coming i mean it was raining outside so i had to ride my bike mm -hmm. and about halfway halfway home it started hailing really bad and my dad I shows up out of nowhere i can believe those jumps people out of the car fucking... and he threw the bike into the middle of the lawn he was furious at the lady sure but i thought that. he was mad at me and then my bike and, like, and then <laughs> he, like, he drove us back drove me back and it was later i was like oh he wasn't mad at me he was just mad at the situation i but would it was have hailing and i was just i was pushing my bike at the time because it was too heavy to 
you know, fuck that mom for telling me to go yeah. home. You got to get out of here. You're not my problem. Woman. Like, what a fucking awful, awful fucking, yeah, bullshit. I hope. And that's why I left Bluebirds because she I was ha- the Bluebird. I hope their roof got damaged and she didn't have insurance. Uh, <laughs> the next story is called Take Me to the Edge. A flat earther couple from Venice believes that the edge of the world was um, near Lampedusa. In their quest to prove the flat earth theory and see for themselves the edge of the world, they decided to sell their car and buy a boat in Sicily to sail towards the edge of the world. However, the flat earther couple only How, reached... Why did they have a car if they lived in Venice? Uh, maybe it was one of them amphibious cars. <laughs> maybe they, lived, they probably lived like... Inland, like inland, yeah. And then Venice was just like, you know, they say they're from Venice the way I used to say I was from Dallas, even though I was from McKinney. Um, Right. However, the flat earther couple only reached up to the island of Ustica. Usteca, Usteca, U-S-T-I-C-A. I really should look up these pronunciations. Ustica, Ustica. As they were rescued by a maritime doctor in a migrant rescue vessel. The couple violated some regulations during the lockdown, so they are now forced to quarantine, from which they have tried to escape twice. Flat earthers are people who believe that the earth is flat rather than round, despite scientific evidence such as photos and videos taken by NASA astronauts and scientific explanations proving that the earth is round. Well, they need to live in a world that reflects their own mentality. Um, Despite science. (laughs) Science. It would have been funny if they ended up on Pavalia. A maritime doctor who usually saves migrants rescued a flat earther couple who tried to sail. Oh, wait, that's. I just read that part. Wait, da 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 da. Flat earthers believe they, they can find the edge of the world near the island, uh, near that particular island where the maritime doctor discovered them and wanted to see it. However, they got lost <laughs> uh, off the north coast of Sicily, so they never made it. The maritime doctor mm-hmm. from the Ministry of Health, Dr. Salvatore. Uh, Zichi, Zichichi, Zichichi, Z I C H I C H I, Zichichi. Yeah, that sounds right. Zichichi. What a great or, name. No, C H I Zikiki, Zikiki. Zikiki, Dr. Zikiki. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Zikiki. Yeah. That sounds great. What a That's great amazing. It's a good I want a next pet, Zikiki. Dr. Sakiki <laughs> was able to rescue the couple. Ironically, the flat earther couple was using a compass in their failed navigation, something that they should not believe in or be using. Right. <laughs> well, and I was wondering if maybe they got lost because they were using some sort of weird no. directional system, no. but no compass. No. Okay, great. The funny thing is that they orient themselves with a compass, an instrument that works based on a terrestrial magnetism, a principle that as flat earthers, should, they should reject, says Zakiki. Mm-hmm. Since the flat earther couple broke the, lo- uh, the lock down rules they were taken into quarantine for two weeks in Palermo but it seems it did not sit well with the couple as they tried to escape only for the port authorities the port authorities to stop them three hours later and bring them back into quarantine something tells me they should have expected that like you know they don't believe in the earth is flat they probably don't believe in things like viruses either um, masks, yeah, they it. still think it's all humors. Um, then for the second time, they tried escaping, but were again caught. Finally, they were, they agreed to the two-week quarantine and no longer resisted. As they took a ferry back to the mainland, to mainland Italy, the flat earther couple have since abandoned their quest to see the edge of the world. Which, like, <laughs> if that was the case, wouldn't there have been other people who saw the edge of the world? <laughs> or fell off of it? Like, wouldn't we know I that? I don't know. You would think. You would think. But no, no, it's all a conspiracy. NASA, there have been people and NASA silenced them, you know. <laughs> right. Even though the world was determined to be round pre-NASA. You, you just can't trust Big Earth. 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> like it's a corporation. Um, yeah. Clan of the Cave Bear. This is really cool. Reindeer herders in a Russian Arctic archipelago have found an immaculately preserved carcass of an Ice Age cave bear, researchers said Monday. The find, revealed by the melting permafrost, was discovered on the <laughs> islands with its teeth. Yes. And thank you. That's true Icelandic. Uh, no, it's uh, L A Y. Uh, K-H-O-V-S-K-Y. Fuck you, you're not writing this down. Um, was discovered... <laughs> Why am I bothering with you people? Um, it was discovered with its teeth and even its nose intact. Previously, scientists only have been able to discover the bones of cave bears that became extinct about 15,000 years ago. Scientists of the Northeastern Federal University in uh, Yaktsuk, the premier center for research into woolly mammoths and other prehistoric species, hailed the finding as groundbreaking, and it really is. In a statement issued by the university, researcher Lina Grigorovich emphasized... <laughs> Lina Gregoria explained... I said that like it's Italian, and I don't think it is, but it might be. I don't know. Researcher Lina G... <laughs> emphasize that, quote, this is the first and only find of its kind, a whole bear carcass with soft tissue. It is completely preserved with all internal organs in place, including even its nose, she said. Um, The find is of great importance for the whole world. A preliminary analysis indicated that the adult bear lived 22,000 to 39,500,000 years ago. Um, It is necessary to carry out radiocarbon analysis to determine the precise age, the university quoted. Uh, The bear carcass was found by reindeer herders on Bolshoi Leshkovsky Island, Lakovsky, Lakovsky. I think it's Lakovsky. Bolshoi Lakovsky Island. It is the largest of the Lakovsky Islands, which are the part of uh, the new Siberian island archipelago that lies between the Laptev Sea and the East Siberian Sea. Separately, at least one preserved carcass of a cave bear cub has been found on the Russian mainland in uh, Yuktia. Scientists are hopeful of obtaining its DNA. 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 What's DNA? DNA. It's a little RNA. DNA. It's DNA that's real cold. (laughs) <laughs> Dini. <laughs> Dino. Recent years have seen major <laughs> discoveries of mammoths, woolly rhinos, Ice Age foal, several puppies, and cave lion cubs as the permafrost melts across vast areas in Russia's region of Siberia. So it's a little terrifying that that's how we're finding them, but it's really cool that we're finding them. Did you know, uh, Jamie, that at least according to a lecture given by Joseph Campbell sometime in the 60s, I believe, um, the first example of religious rites ever found, uh, the remains of existing religious rites involved uh, the remains of a cave bear of this kind. Uh, oh. like a, but the bones of a cave bear being set around an, ar- uh, an altar as kind of an offering, or as, uh, as a, hence the, the term clan of the cave bear. It was thought that uh, Ice Age peoples uh, often in certain regions, especially in those regions, worshipped the cave bear as like the main creator god or whatever. Oh. So it's really kind of cool to see, like, oh, we get to see. And it's, it, there are pictures of this bear online, and it's absolutely terrifying looking. You're like, oh, yeah, okay. It's the beginning. It's like, it's, a, it's like a dire bear, like a dire wolf is just like a pretty much like it could eat it could <laughs> okay. eat a dire wolf for breakfast. I got you. They're they're yeah. massive, That's and that you can understand that they're like, oh yeah, this we're gonna you know when one died, they were finally probably so happy to have it dead and not preying on them anymore that they're like, let's keep its bones. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
double dog dare. This, this, I had to do this one because of last week's, the story you did last week. Oh, no. I'm so sorry, everybody. Desperate for a drink, there is spit-fermented wine, uh, liqueur fermented in prison, toilet, prison toilets, and a strong Scottish brew served from the mouth of a taxidermed squirrel. The disgusting... Which one would you rather? <laughs> oh, would you God. rather? Uh, maybe I'm going to go spit-fermented because that seems a little... A prison toilet's a bit too much, and I do not... I don't want to kiss a squirrel. The disgust- but, like, are they making it? Like, I need to know about the prison toilet. Like, how? I need to know more about it. Like, are they? Cl- is the toilet cleaned and then they make it? No. Do they make it in it's the a tank? Prison toilet. Or do they make it in the bowl? If they make it in the tank, that's different. No, they're making it in the toilet. It's called toilet in the wine. Bowl. Yeah, in the bowl. No, in the, the but bowl. the tank is. No, they're making it in the part bowl. of the toilet. Yeah, but okay. they're, they're well, making no, it. In. They got to be that. making it in the bowl. <laughs> the disgusting food museum in Malmo, Sweden, which has served up displays of bull testicles and maggot-infested cheese, is now introducing a drinks menu in the form of a temporary exhibition opening this Saturday. Museum director Andreas Ahrens said he wants to encourage people to examine their relationship with alcohol by showing the extreme measures people have taken to concoct mind-altering brews. <laughs> Mind-changing in the fact of, like, I should stop drinking. Um, yeah. Quote, people are very desperate. Prosecco and some tart cherry juice. That's all you need to do. Right. Quote, people are very desperate to get drunk around the world, uh, Aaron said. So whichever we find, so whenever we find ourselves in a situation where there is no alcohol, we get quite inventive and we've been doing this for millennia. Most of the drinks on display are beverages that are commonly consumed somewhere in the world, but which would revolt outsiders unfamiliar with the taste. These include bitter herbal liquors like Gamil Dansk, drunk in Denmark, as well as Fernet Branca, an Italian uh, amaro. I have no idea what an amaro is. Um, mm, okay. So so much of what we drink is an acquired taste, Aaron said. The museum uh, in the Swedish city of Malmo, uh, of Malmo opened two years ago. The idea was to revolt and to entertain, but also to provoke reflection on how our notions about what is delicious or disgusting are culturally determined. The dozens of food items on regular display include a bull's penis, hey, um, <laughs> frog smoothies from Peru, a wine mm. made of baby mice that is consumed in mm. China and Korea, and Sweden's uh, surströmming, an infamously putrid fermented herring. I'd actually kind of want to try that. I, I don't, something about maybe, I've got a little Swedish in my heritage, and maybe that's the part of me that wants to prove it. Uh, many of the fermented beverages now being exhibited are equally stomach-churning. One is an ancient Great. Korean beverage concocted for medicinal purposes from fermented child's feces and rice. I don't understand. I don't. Like, I just kind of feel like it's one of those distracting medications. Like, oh, you think you have a headache? Drink shit, and you won't be worried about it anymore. Um, Ahrens points to a jug with a milky liquid brewed with the help of a donation produced by his younger daughter. He explained that the poo wine was part of a South Korean traditional medicine to help broken bones and bruises. But it is not anything familiar to Koreans today. Other beverages on display include uh, Chicha Dumuko, which is a spit-fermented cornmeal beer from Peru, an Ugandan, a Ugandan gin made from fermented bananas, which I, I drink okay, that. Okay, now we're talking. That's okay. This okay. Is, this is, That's I would all right. Some, I, yes, and a wine made from an overripe orange fermented in the tank of a prison toilet. Okay, a tank of a prison toilet. Okay. See, that's Jamie, different. you might be on board for that. Okay. One display tells what happened in the Soviet Union when the government closed alcohol stores to uh, reduce drunkenness. People began drinking perfumes and varnish, leading to the deaths of many. Uh, another liquid refreshment featured in the exhibition is an Icelandic beer made with whale testicle that's been smoked in sheep's dung. <laughs> <laughs> 
God, what? Ha- so here, because the thing is, <laughs> I feel like where they just hide, going, you know, it'd be great. I dare you. Exactly. Like how high were these motherfuckers to be like, you know, it sounds like fun. Let's do this, and then I mean, we'll feed it to people and say it's like sounds special to me. And I, I maybe this is from my own limited viewpoint here, but like to me, if you're able to come up with these things, you don't need to be drunk. You're already there. <laughs> you're already yeah. you're already in some kind job, of altered sir. state. Stop. Uh, <laughs> some of these things are no- so normal in some societies. Uh, uh, should it really be that normal? Aaron said. Why don't we listen to our brains and go? Hey, if this tastes this way, maybe we shouldn't drink it. At the entrance to the downtown museum, marks on a blackboard indicate each time someone has vomited while visiting. Aaron's <laughs> co- oh corrects a number. Aaron's <laughs> corrects a number to read two days. Since last vomit. <laughs> oh, God. I can't go to that place. I, I cannot go to I that place. I couldn't. I couldn't either, but I'd kinda, I kind of want... Maybe I'll take a virtual tour. Um, and finally, know your angles. Driver's license photos aren't always the best, but when a Tennessee wo- woman received her new ID, the picture was perfect for a furniture store. Jane Dodd renewed her license online and received it last week, but to her surprise, the photo wasn't a picture of her, just an empty chair. <laughs> She's quote, invisible. Quote, the lady at the DMV did not really believe me when I was like, hey, I need my license fixed, Dodd said. Then she looked it up and was in the system and said, oh, I need to see my manager for this. Uh, the chair ended up being the focal point of the license because it was the last photo taken and saved to Dodd's file, the Tennessee Department of Safety and Homeland Security told uh, the station who wrote this story, uh, WKRN-TV. The photo was taken accidentally, the department said. Dodd said she wasn't upset by the mistake. Instead, she said it was it lightened the mood amidst the coronavirus pandemic and provided her and her co-workers with a few laughs. My boss yeah. thinks it's funnier than anyone, Dodd, <laughs> Dodd added. Uh, <laughs> I was at work Friday and he pointed to a chair outside of his office door and was like, I thought this was you. I waved at it this morning. (laughs) (laughs) She posted the photo to Facebook on August 6th, and as of Wednesday, it had been shared more than 19,000 times and turned into several memes. Dodd received her new license Monday without the chair. (laughs) Right. That's hilarious. Like, that might be something that you might have to go to therapy for. You know what I'm saying? Like, I really was feeling invisible, and then the universe was like, guess what, bitch? And then the DMV was like, yeah, well, here you go. (laughs) (laughs) Or just take that, try to find that exact same chair and have it in the passenger seat. If you ever get pulled over, be like, I was driving for her. Right. She's had a little too much to drink. (laughs) Jeez. That felt like 15 stories. It did. It was really the wine part. (laughs) That was the part. Well, let's get into the ghosty ghosties now. Let me open. And why don't don't you start us off since I've just bent our ears for 30 minutes? I can do that. So first we have um, um, a story from... And these are all their Reddit names that we're reading. Mike Carroll 360. When I was 12, my little brother Rogan was six. I had another brother and sister that were at a friend's house for the night. And my dad was on um, was in was on business in Sweden for a week. Sure. So it was just was me, my mom, and Rogan that night. What? <laughs> he was gonna go check out that museum. I guess so. So it was just <laughs> me, my mom, and Rogan that night, I guess. I didn't talk to anyone but my mom that night. And Uh, That was only to get a snack because I sat in my room playing video games. So around 10 p.m., I walked out of my room to get another snack and passed Rogan's room with its door open. I looked in for a second to see him sleeping. 
Only he was sleeping facing the wall, breathing heavy, sweating, and skin eggshell white. I ran downstairs to get my mom and tell her that Rogan might be having a seizure. She told me he was at his friend Ryan's house. I said someone was in uh -huh. Rogan's bed. She didn't believe me, so I walked upstairs with her to see the bed and sheets covered in fresh sweat and messed up with no one in it. My mom called Ryan's house and Rogan was put on the phone. My mom said goodnight and she went back to bed. I didn't sleep that night and just continued to play video games. What was the mom's explanation for the sweat in the bed? Oh, it's just the house settling. The fuck, mom? Right. That's called, let's just not talk about it. No, Some parents have different... Different parenting styles, and that <laughs> is the style of let's just not talk about it, no, right? It's not as a, a gay man. You know it, people who have that. I, their parents I, were I like, may come from a family gay, that is afflicted with that. Like <laughs> my parenting style is to just let you figure it out for yourself, right? While I right. watch the don't game. tell me about it. You figure it out and keep it to yourself. I, don't want <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, there's there's look it up, dear, and there's that. I mean, there's mm -hmm. it's a fine line. Oh God, okay, the. Uh. Uh, the next entry comes from Explosive Amnesia. Sounds dangerous. It's <laughs> a great name. Um, <laughs> Is this the president? <laughs> Sorry. I have the best amnesia. Um, <laughs> tremendous. <laughs> no one. A lot of people say I have the best amnesia. Talk. They talk. Um, I won an award. <laughs> <laughs> it's here somewhere, I can't remember. I was about 12 at the time, babysitting my little sister who was around 8. My parents were out for the evening at the church uh, setting up for some event, as I recall. I remember it was around 8 or 9 at night, plenty dark out. My sister and I were playing in the unfinished part of the basement. And in the Midwest... Well, there's a problem. <laughs> and in the, in the Midwest, that meant this part of the basement was mostly underground, with just the storm windows at ground level. This is when things got weird. I heard the garage door open upstairs, and two distinct pairs of footsteps walk into the house. They did not belong to my parents. Being familiar with not only the sound of my parents, but also the sounds of the floorboards creaking above our heads, I knew people were in the house. I quickly shushed my, shush, shushed my sister. <laughs> it's easy to say. I, I quickly shushed my sister, looking right. up, trying to figure out what to do. The closest phone was upstairs where the footsteps were. I knew better than to call out, Two small girls at home. My only concern was getting my sister out safely. As the footsteps treaded back and forth, I assumed they were turning out the lights that we had left on upstairs. I could hear two men's voices, not enough to make out words, but I distinctly heard two men. As soon as my sister saw I was panicked, she began to freak out too, crying and whatnot. The footsteps immediately stopped. I slapped my hand around my sister's mouth and picked her up under one arm and ran up <laughs> and out of the unfinished part of the basement. To get to the bottom level sliding glass door, we had to pass the stairs that led from the upper level where the men were to the basement where we were. After a moment of silence, I heard booming footsteps. Oh, Jesus. I could only assume they heard my sister and were headed towards us, running with every bit of I'm gonna die adrenaline. <laughs> I heard the thundering <laughs> sounds of them coming down the stairs behind us. As I got to the sliding glass door, I threw it open, shoved my sister out, and screamed for her to run for help. I tripped out soon after her. I could feel them right behind me. I clearly heard them practically falling down the stairs. Huge, booming footsteps. I f fully expected to get grabbed. My sister, now screaming bloody murder, had attracted the attention of our neighbors. I turned around to see no one. They were right behind me. I heard them. I knew they were there. I had no idea where they could have gone. 
Needless to say, the cops were called. My parents rushed home. There were no signs of entry at all. All of the upstairs doors were locked. The garage door was shut. There was nothing missing, nothing out of place. I still have no idea what happened that day. It was definitely one of the most terrifying experiences of my life. Woo! Woo! So aggro. That ghost is so aggro. Yeah, this is like on a one to five of goosebumps. This is a five, I would say. That's a, yeah. That's, That's straight up chicken skin. It, for some people, I would, call it, <laughs> I would get goosebumps. I'd get chicken, chicken skin, skin on my goosebumps. Oh, God, the idea that you could Just hear the hearing them, them. And like the minute they hear, and, the, and that they respond to hearing you. Yes, Fuck. and then chase you down. Mm. Fuck, no. Literally chase you down because they're coming down yeah. the stairs. And then just because they're two little girls, they probably weren't believed. And, you know, probably what's not. going, you know, who knows. But what but... a good sister. What a good yes, sister. Yes, you good cover sibling. that child's mouth and, and run away with it. First thought is for their safety. Good for you. Good That's for good. You. That's good sistering. You're a good person. Next, we have Aerialist. Aerialist. I was that's just an aerialist. I, like I wasn't it. allowed to lock my door as a kid. I was about seven years old, and one Saturday morning I had woken up at seven or eight AM. I didn't know the beauty of sleep then. And I had <laughs> found that my mom had locked her bedroom door when I tried to go in and wake her. Childishly, I decided to go ahead and lock my door too, and then figured I'd let myself enjoy a computer game until my mom woke up. I was actually in the middle of fighting Captain Hook when I realized <laughs> that this weird metallic clicking noise wasn't actually coming from my game. With the way my room was laid out, my back was facing the door while sitting at the desk, but I had a clear view behind me if I glanced at the mirror that hung over my dresser to my right. The doorknob was turning slowly, but nonstop, almost as, as if someone were, someone were trying to sneak in as quietly as possible, but was starting to get impatient or agitated. Uh. I remember blinking a few times before asking, Mom? And as soon as I spoke, it stopped. Now, by this time as a kid, I'd heard plenty of scary stories and even stories about supernatural happenings that had occurred around me as a baby. So I was a little concerned, but being a pre pretty sensible kid, I figured I had to at least double check and make sure it wasn't my mom pulling a prank. <laughs> I opened the door and the hallway was completely empty. I tried calling my mom again, trying not to panic and hoping she was just elsewhere in the apartment and nothing. Just the soft sound of birds and the occasional rumble from a car outside. With the last bit of hope, I went to my mom's door and pressed my ear to the wood, hoping I'd hear her talking at least or moving around. But instead, all I heard were soft snores. Oh. It definitely wasn't her. Oh. I remember then the hallway went frigid, like a 20-degree dro drop in the space of less than a minute. Oh. My brain went into automatic mode, and I took off running down the hall, headed straight for my Yorkshire Terrier's crate. I like this. I like oh. that style. I scooped her up and ran back down the hall to my room, where I shut and locked the door immediately. Our dog was still pretty young, and so she didn't mind being carried or how I sat her firmly in my lap, watching the door apprehensively. <laughs> <laughs> Dog safety, I get it. Um, mm -hmm. I kept waiting for something else to happen, but finally after about five or ten minutes, I turned around and went back to my computer game trying to forget the whole thing. I'd finally settle back in the game when I heard it again. Except this time, it wasn't soft or sneaky. As I turned to look at the mirror, my Yorkie growled sharply from my lap, and I turned to look at the mirror. 
I turned and saw the doorknob twisting violently. The door started to bang, and my dog snarled and jumped off, running for the door with her hackles fully raised and clawing oh. at the door. I didn't know what to do, so I did all I could think of. I closed my eyes and prayed. <laughs> it's funny in retrospect, because even back then I wasn't religious at all, despite being raised in a Catholic family and being forced to do a First Communion. But it was the only thing I could think of to do, and so I did, mumbling and stuttering, stu- uh, stuttering through it until my Yorkies <laughs> comedy. Um, <laughs> it's, until a, it's a great word to my, mess up on. Right? Great. Uh, until my Yorkies growls and barks finally stopped, and the rattling disappeared completely. I think I stood there for a full 10 seconds before I started screaming my head off, <laughs> waking up my mom and getting in trouble for making a ruckus. But I was sure glad to hear her voice after all of that. I'm still not sure what happened. It wasn't the only weird or scary thing to happen in that apartment to me, but I can remember every detail even to this day. Ooh. That's oh, yeah. Creepy doorknob turning oh. story. And what? And the hallway going cold like that. That's always like, oh. The what? temperature drop thing. Right yeah. out of a thing. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, the next two are kind of short. Shall I read both these back to back, you think? No, just do one at a time. Okay. Just do one at a time. This yeah, then one I'll read is... the next short one. All right, I got you, got you. <laughs> you got, you're in charge, you're in charge. I'm just... <laughs> what's, the, what's the thing Jeremy yeah. Evan likes to say? You're the one fucking this chicken. I'm just holding the head. Uh... <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, love you, Inman. Um, uh, this yeah. one is from P and Me, your poem. Nice. Laying in bed one night, it's pitch black, apart from the light creeping under the door from the landing. My mom was actually with me in the same room, and we had just moved, and uh, she, we, as we had just moved in, and she was sleeping on the floor. I look up, and the door slowly creeps open, uh, uh, creaks open, and an oldish woman peers around the door, looks at me, and goes away. Now, I just thought I was having a nightmare, so I turned around really fast and went under the covers, hoping I would wake up. Then I will never get forget my mom whispering to me, did you just see someone peer around the door? Safe to say we didn't sleep a wink that night. <laughs> Love confirmation. I do, like, I do like it when a ghost is like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> <laughs> what the? God, There's something deeply Peaking human ghosts. about that that makes me, that, that comforts me in, in this right. weird way. <laughs> the ghost that like, oh, sorry, sorry. Sorry, sorry, my um, bad. I was just looking for the bathroom. Yeah. My bad, yeah. Spider Inside says, Hmm. I'm an ER doctor currently. When I was in med school, we had a chronic respiratory failure patient who was uh, do not resuscitate, do not intubate. During our morning rounds, a nurse called us to his bedside for vital sign check-in, or vital sign check. The guy was deader than a block of wood. No pulse, no breathing, pupils fixed and dilated, etc. My senior resident was like, this is a great chance for you to confirm your first dead body. We write up his death (laughs) note, make arrangements... An hour later, we get called by the same nurse. Uh, this guy is alive and talking to me. Sure enough, homeboy is wide awake and chatty Kathy. He got discharged a few days later. I kept tabs on him until I finished med school. He lived at least another a year and a half. <laughs> God. What the fuck? Uh, don't let the flat earthers hear that. <laughs> yeah, jeez. God. That's crazy. That reminds me of the scene in the office where, like, the sh- they have the, the Schrute family funeral, and he's like, yeah, we, and he, like, shoots the dead body to make sure they're dead. It's like, it's a thing in our family. We like to make sure they're <laughs> dead. We, we've buried some heavy sleepers in the past. <laughs> so, like, I mean, yeah. So it's like, he's like, he, like, kicks open the coffin and just fires repeatedly into the body. Just to make sure. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's just part of the funeral ritual now. All right. This next entry comes from Psychedelic Goat 42. Ooh. 
In high school, I used to hang out with my friend John, in quotes, almost every day. When we first began hanging out at his house, I would sometimes hear disembodied footsteps, but very often I would see what looked like the shadow of a person out of the corner of my eye, only to have it disappear moments later. After a month or so, I finally mentioned this to my friend, and he got mad. He demanded to know who uh, had told me he saw shadow people and begged me not to joke around with him about it. I assured him I was serious. Soon we would hear laughter. When no one else was home, doors would close by themselves and the TV would turn on by itself, turn off and on by itself. One day, after these experiences had grown more intense and more frequent, I mentioned to my friend uh, about blessing the house. Right as I said this, a box sitting on a nearby counter flew right towards me. Uh, it sounds unbelievable, but it was the single most terrifying experience of my life. My friend and I got holy water and sprinkled it around the house while saying a prayer and never experienced anything in the house again. Months later, my friend came to, uh, came to stay at my lake house with me for a weekend. At one point in the night, we both thought we saw a shadow person, but decided to pass it off as nothing. Later that night, we woke up to what sounded like voices coming from the living room. We went to investigate, thinking someone might have broken in, and I stayed put. Or he went to investigate, thinking someone might have broken in, and I stayed put. Eh, wise. Um, <laughs> a few moments later. Like, Why don't you go? You, you I'll go, just you I'll go be check right it out. here I mean, if this you is, need me. This is our lake house, so I feel a responsibility to, like, stay here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you go, you're the guest, really. You should check it out. Pull, pull your weight. Um, <laughs> it's uh, an adventure. Go. <laughs> and if there's no one down there, could you bring me back a glass of water? Thanks. Uh, A few moments later, I heard the sound of someone thundering down the hallway and ran out to see why my friend was running. But he wasn't in the house. My friend was outside on the porch and came inside saying he had heard a loud noise from the house too and thought it had been me. Nothing else happened for the rest of the weekend, but the next time I went to the house after it had been after it set empty for a week, a picture frame with my photo in it had been ripped off the wall and thrown down the hall, and the pillows from my couch were stacked one on top of the other in uh, the very middle of it. I, I, I've since stopped hanging out with John and have never experienced anything of this sort again. Oh, poor sounds, John. Poor John. It's not, not his not fault. His, yeah, he's not. But I, well, you know. So it's not. His, it's not his. Well, it doesn't sound like it's his fault. It just sounds like John, in air quotes, is maybe just an attractor. It could be. In my movie, John turns out to be a ghost. Ooh. Mm. Why was John outside? I guess that's where he heard the sound that he went to go look for. Man, if you're ever in a lake house, don't fucking go outside at night by yourself. No, I get it. If they heard someone in the living room and he's going to investigate that, like his first thought, if he goes down there and there's nothing, it sounds like there wasn't. He, you know, I would go outside to see if someone had left or whatever. Like, I would, I would go outside at least on the porch or something to be like, what the fuck is going on? I would, you yeah. Would, I would look out the windows. Oh, that doesn't do a lot no. of good in a lake house because you can't see shit out them windows. Right, but you could see shit on the porch. Now you're out in the darkness, not able to see. I, well, Thank I you, mean. no. <laughs> <laughs> so if we're ever in this situation, I can see that I'm going to be the one sent downstairs to investigate. God. Right. Did, any, <laughs> did we doubt that for a second who a we were in this story? I was definitely the one who was staying put the whole time. That was me. <laughs> no, here's here's how this would happen. We would hear something. We would one of us would wake the other up, or we'd both wake up at the same time and be like, and we'd sit there for ten minutes laughing about yeah. like because we've had this conversation. We're gonna be yeah. like, what do we do now? Well, you're well, gonna then go you'd down. Make but I me go, go down. by just saying content over and over. <laughs> 
No, I would content, go. Jamie, content. But I would be you like, would okay, make me go for I would. Content. No, no, I wouldn't make you go. I wouldn't make you go. But I would be like, okay, I'm gonna go. But you just would you at least stay at the door and be ready to like do something if something happens. And as I go downstairs, you're gonna be like, I wish the motherfucker would. Like you're gonna taunt them for me, and I'm yeah. gonna be like, and I'm gonna be shouting back up at you, Jamie. Will you fucking stop? You're like, no, and fuck you. Fuck them. Fuck them. Because em. it'll be fuck funny em. or This not is our to. house, and I'll be like, God damn it, you're like content. That's how this will happen. Uh, you're right. And then I'll run outside <laughs> just to fuck with you. <laughs> and they'll be like, get inside. It's outside. Don't do it. We're in the woods. Oh, what are we thinking? Content. Oh, God. Okay. Oh. Sorry. Uh, 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 you read the last one. Okay. okay. I did, I'm yes. A, okay. I'm Your going. turn. Mr. Hagel. M-R-H-E-G-E. Mr. Hagel. Hagel, like the German philosopher. Mr. Hegel. Hegel. Mriegel. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> When I was younger, I used to think I was having dreams of an old woman in a blue dress and cat-eye glasses sitting at the end of my bed singing to me. She'd always sing the same song and then leave. One night, I followed her into my brother's room. He's younger than me and was around five. And instead of singing to him, he woke up and they began talking. After like 20 minutes, my mother came in and asked what we were doing. My brother said, I'm just talking to the lady in the blue dress. She made us go back to bed. I woke up still thinking it was a dream. My mom told me the next morning that she did not want me sneaking out of bed anymore in the middle of the night to play with my brother. I asked her what she was talking about, and she gave me her version of what she saw the night before. Uh, To this day, I believe that was real, and that every night the old woman would sing to me. I get goosebumps just thinking about it. She stopped singing to me soon after that, though people in my family still caught my brother speaking to nothing on numerous occasions. A while later, an aunt came to visit down from the uh, from down south and refused to come into our house after <sighs> seeing an old woman in cat eye glasses standing in the upstairs window. She came in asking who was upstairs, then freaked out when my mother told her no one and let her search the house. Oh! Woo! I love that aunt. She's like, no, nah, who the fuck was upstairs? No one? I, I don't bye. know that bitch. I'm out. I don't know that bitch. I don't know her. I don't know you. Let go of my purse. Yeah. Bitches um, in cat eye glasses. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this next one comes from J.N. Hummel. A friend and I saw a teeny tiny person. This was in the 90s. Uh, There was a really nice pub about a mile from where my friend Jason lived, and the walk there from his house took us along one of the canals. This was in England, uh, the West Midlands to be precise. One evening I'd gone over to his house, we'd walked over to the pub, had a couple of pints, something to eat, and we're on our way back. It wasn't late, uh, early evening and still a decent amount of light, in fact. We're walking down the track beside the canal when we hear a splash in the water behind us. Turning around, we see, about 40 feet away, the ripples of something moving through the canal toward the bank. Both of us were keen bird watchers at the time, so we were guessing it was something like a coot or a a moorhen. So we were both pretty shocked when what looked like a tiny little man, about eight inches tall, climbed out of the water, shook himself off, and dashed into the hedgerow. We were both... (laughs) I kind of love this. We were both frozen for a few moments before we headed to the spot where the little man got out of the water. We didn't find any trace of him. We got back to Jason's place and spent a couple hours trying to rationalize it, but there was no other animal or bird we could think of um, that we might have mistaken for a tiny person. Do you know what I love about this? There's a similar story in- Everything? uh, um, (laughs) (laughs) I love it. They had a nice meal in their bellies. They'd had a couple of pints. They went to a pub. This is great. Everything about it. But no, there's a similar story to- uh, uh, it, written about by Colin Wilson in one of his books about um, 
some guy going to the pub and seeing this this strangely small person, not as small as they're describing, uh, but this small person just kind of hanging out and that they encountered it several times that night. Um, and it just mm. makes me think it was, I want to say it was in a similar area. I wonder, ooh, maybe they saw a gnome. When I was a kid, I was obsessed mm. with gnomes and I thought they were real. I'm still, they may still be real. I don't know. Right. The little um, people. What, I mean, I just, this visual, I get this visual of a tiny naked man shaking off the water. And then I can't not pair that with the visual imagery of our dogs shaking every time they stand up, right? And their little booty right. shake and they kick their legs out from behind them. <laughs> and so in my mind, that's what this little naked man does. And it's adorable. <laughs> He's tiny and shaking his little butt. And it, it's um, so funny. In my mind, he looks so like weird. Ziggy or he looks like, like Casper. I don't know. It, it's... That's funny. I just keep thinking to myself, like, he's a Keebler elf or he's the Lucky yeah, Charms leprechaun. like, what is – I mean, and also you've got, you know, the UK. You have all of those different – The wee folk, the know, good neighbors, the, the good folk. neighbors. Like, he was literally a wee folk. He was a wee folk who was wee. He was swimming. He was the swimming. He was, he was doing. He was folk. doing. He was doing the Jack the Lane exercise, the workout. I That's love right. it. I want – I really – in my movie, they would have, like – talked with him and been like, are mm-hmm. you really that small? And he'd be like, no, no, I'm just really far away. <laughs> so far away. <laughs> we, the river is uh, way deeper. Should we take a break real quick before we continue? Yeah, let's take a little break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll be back. Hey, guys, we're here to talk to you about our Patreon. Yay! Um, if you <laughs> love the show, we would love your support. We are trying um, to stay away from commercials and other things that might interrupt you, except for this interruption right here. Which is um, still just, you're getting more of us, so what are you complaining right. about? Yeah, yeah, but just to encourage those of you who have been so supportive, um, if you would like to help us financially, we would appreciate your patronage. We and you can would. do that at patreon.com slash intentions, or just uh, search Patreon and Ghoul Intentions. It'll come up. It's also on the cover um, or on the front of our um, Ghoul Intentions website, which is ghoulintentions.com. It's yes. pretty easy to find. Um, we have several different tiers. You can donate anything from a dollar to $20. Mm-hmm. Um, at $8, you can join the Discord, and the Discord is a really good community. They're playing D&D on oh, there. They've got so much fun. lots of chats and support groups and all it's kinds really of stuff. Cool. It's a really, really fun community. And we also will do chats with you guys twice yes. a month. So for everybody that's on Discord, our chats this month in September of 2020 will be on the 12th. Yes. And that will be at noon Central, Central Standard, Standard time. time. So noon Texas time. That's right. And then, uh, I love that, Central Standard. It's Texas time. That's such a Texas thing to say. Uh, and then for our Phantasm tier, the highest tier, we have an additional uh, chat with y'all. And that will be on the 26th at noon as well. Now, those Central are both Saturdays. So hopefully that will accommodate uh, our friends overseas who, who have yes. very different schedules, obviously. And, uh, yeah, please join because we love talking to you guys. It's really a lot of fun. Yeah. It's just we love the interaction. Jamie and I are talkers, you may have noticed. And so getting to talk to you guys, you know, in, in a chat setting is really kind of cool and fun. So join us. Join us. Yeah. And thank you so much for supporting the podcast. The Patreon actually helps us not only um, help get pay Matt. <laughs> to, yeah, who is worth his engineer. weight in gold, rest he assured. He sure is. But we also, if we are going to go places and host any kind of ghost tours. We are definitely going to need some more income for that. So uh, anything that you guys can do, we really, really appreciate. Um, Join the Patreon. Thank you guys for all your support. Love you. Mwah. Okay. 
Where we're were, back. Where were we? Was it your turn or my turn? Um, yeah, I was mine. You finished with the tiny person, which I did. still is super fun. We did. We did. Yes, 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 yeah. yes, yes. Okay. So we have a lot. We have a lot to this get. It's good. It's good. I should have grabbed some readers, but I didn't. So I'll just zoom <laughs> into this so I can read it a little bit. Bitches better. and cat eye glasses. <laughs> Hashtag. I need my. Yeah, I need uh, that to say say that. I need to get cat eye readers and then it to say that on the side right oh my god you know what we need we need masks that say hashtag bitches and white but it's a white mask let's just have actually <laughs> what we should we yes and we also need masks that say whoopsies ghost yeah oh that's good too <laughs> i also want one just for fun that says hashtag not it <laughs> or or one that says anti-masker <laughs> or anti-anti-masker Right. Oh, that's good too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my okay. God. Okay. So. Okay. Yes. Next up. Here we go. We have one of my favorite scenes, uh, <laughs> I, names I've ever I seen. I love this. On Reddit, Sassicide. <laughs> I love it. Death by like sass. homicide, but with sass. Sassicide. <laughs> Word okay. murdered. I love it. Okay. My mom was married to my father, a minister, for a long time, and when she left him, she left behind all the traditions they had. Out of spite. (laughs) One of these traditions was blessing a house before entering it. Well, needless to say, the new house she and I had moved into after their split was in need of a blessing. It was located between a Civil War era cemetery and a more modern one. Mm. I don't know if it had anything to do with what was happening with the house. The first day we were there, the stove had turned on by itself and shattered a glass pan that we had sitting on one of the burners. We brushed it off, and from then on, things escalated. The radio would turn on and off, box fans would mysteriously turn on full blast, and my dog would end up barking at the corners with more ferocity than I had ever seen her use. Mm. My mom got locked in the bathroom once when she was home alone and had to wait for me to come home from school to let her out. Thankfully, it was only an hour or so. I saw our visitor once or twice and took to calling him <laughs> Sam. <laughs> I feel like if you saw him a lot, maybe he just wasn't a visitor. Just like <laughs> sounds like you sounds like you sort. might be the visitor. Yeah. <laughs> to this day, I can't explain what exactly was going on in that house, but I'm very glad that I'm out of it. Mm, mm, mm. In my uh, movie, yes. The the, the ex-minister was really a like a black magician sorcerer, like sent things to mm. plague her. And it's just it's like it's it's a totally unbelievable twist, but I love it anyway. But that's uh, movies, man. That's the movies, baby. It is. It is. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't invest in a, a feature-length film because I want to see something I could look at out my, outside my fucking window. Uh, Flying knee bar is the next submission name. Nice. When I was a kid, I lived in these apartments that were. Oh, <laughs> I should say. Like, I'm <laughs> expecting a photo what? like this is a PowerPoint Your presentation. Apartment? I lived that's in this so very apartment when I was a kid. I lived in these apartments that were pretty normal and didn't seem like they would have a history of anything odd or unusual apartments. Ah, that's the trick. That's, that's how they get you. And incidentally, yep. all apartments have a history. <laughs> it's just it's like true. hotels. Too many people there for there not to be some weird shit to have gone down. Weird people, weird things. Mm-hmm. Nope. Yeah. After a few nights of living there, I would hear the sound of something dragging on the floor. I didn't think much of it since it was an, uh, an apartment that had uh, super thin walls. One night, the dragging sound was loud, like it was <laughs> um, as if it were in my hallway. So I took a peek and noticed something that looked like a man army crawling on the floor. 
God, that was <laughs> fucking you, Jesus. I reacted yes. to it. I couldn't help it. I was like, oh, oh. I, it, <laughs> Oh, That's these, these are cold reads in case you can't tell. Um, <laughs> it wasn't clear since the lights were off and the only light I had was coming from outside through the windows. My immediate reaction was to close the door. <laughs> I'm like, just well, that looks up. like none of my business. <laughs> well, that sounds like, well, you know what? I'll worry. Let's see how passionate they are. Let's see how much they want it. If I close this door and they come in, then we'll talk. But until then, meh. Maybe he's just getting a glass of water. It's, you know, I don't want to judge. Um, it's none of my business. It's none of my business. <laughs> closed the door and waited in my room until my parents woke up. As soon as they did, I tried explaining to them that I saw a man crawling on the floor, and they immediately dismissed it as a bad dream. Oh, you're a bad dream, Mom and Dad. <laughs> uh, after that night, I never heard dragging sounds or saw the crawling man again. Fast forward to a few years later, when we were finally moving out, I returned the keys to the manager and asked who used to live in the apartment before we did. The manager stated that a paraplegic gentleman used to live in their home in the in the home and passed away the year before we moved in. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> That's, sorry, I feel like the ghost is now going. Bow, 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 bow. <laughs> Damn. Classic, classic Ooh. story structure. You had all the beats. That's really nice. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the my visual. God. Oh. Man, all right. Oh, oh. Okay. Oh. Moving on. Oh. I hope that everybody's enjoying this because I'm feeling starting to get a little traumatized by everything. Let's go back to the little tiny man. That's not what makes us happy. Whenever let's we get go, scared. Let's, let's go back to toilet wine, for God's sakes. Uh, no, let's never go back to toilet all wine. Right. I think only, that's a new T-shirt right, right. right there. <laughs> <laughs> Let's all agree not to go back to ne toilet wine. Never toilet wine. Um, <laughs> unless it's in the tank. Okay. This next one is uh, Samir Broke. Oh, Sam. Samir Broke It. That's what it is. Samir, Samir Broke, broke It. it. Um, I never met my maternal grandmother, at, a grandfather, as he died before I was born at a relatively young age, around 50 or so. He had died of a heart attack. He was too drunk to acknowledge he should have gone to the hospital at the time and instead sat in a chair in his living room with his house keys in hand. And he squeezed them so hard that they were all bent when they found him the next morning. Oh. My mom describes the night... Yeah, my mom described that night feeling his presence over her with his keys in his hand. Oh. Many years later, when I was about six, my mother told me about my grandfather for the first time, and she showed me some photos of him. She told me the next morning that I'd claimed he'd visited me the previous night and handed me a set of bent house keys to play with. There's no way I could have known that detail, and I maintained the story for many years until I was too old to recall it, and she told the story to me. <sighs> oh, that detail of the bent keys, that's mm -hmm. genius. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's so good. Oh, it's terrifying too. Oh, mm -hmm. that he was in so but much sweet. pain from the heart yes, attack Grandpa. that he was. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. Oof. I jingle keys. And, at, at... You know, it's so interesting. We know somebody who had um, a heart attack mm -hmm. and was on his way to the airport and got this really bad feeling and told the taxi driver, like, okay, if I get a certain point, I'm going to tell you to go to the hospital or to the airport. And he said, let's go to the hospital. And they went. And it turned out that he had had a really bad heart attack. Um, he was young, too. Mm. And um, 
he had had he had not felt really well the night before. Yeah. And so he had um, a glass of scotch before he went to bed oh. to kind of take the edge off of just not feeling good. Yeah. And they told him at the hospital that that probably had saved his life because he most likely would have had that heart attack in the middle of the night and died in his sleep. Oh my god. But um, I guess that makes because... sense because if you're stressed out and you're having anxiety, your blood pressure is going to mm -hmm. spike, which is only going to worsen a heart attack, I would think. But when you drink, it thins your blood. So his Ooh. blood wasn't, it, it was thin, so he didn't have the heart, his, it dropped his blood pressure, right? And so then they think he probably had the heart attack in the taxi on the way to the hospital, but because he was there right in that moment when he got out, like his life was able to be saved. And I think the, uh, the condition, the heart attack, they actually, however, they really have different terms for however your heart is attacking. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, this was what called kind the of asshole is your... Oh, yeah, oh. right? Oh. Um, but this particular one was called the Widowmaker because very few people survive it. Oh, my God. And so because of Scotch and because he decided last minute to go ahead and go. Cheers. Yeah. <laughs> All the more reason to drink. Well, that sells yeah, me. Right. Oh, my God. Oh, 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 oh. Anyway, take care of yourselves. Pay attention to your body. Don't bend keys. And oh, yeah, <laughs> you know. don't bend keys. If, you're, if you are hurting so bad, you're bending keys. Oh, God. Okay. Uh, or, or have a glass of scotch. Have a glass of scotch. Well, sounds like he had already done that, but it's only going to do so yeah. much. Uh, oh, that's true. The he next, had, yeah. Right. The next submission comes from Clement. C-L-E-M-E-I-T. Clement. 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 It's a great name. My father had recounted the story to me exactly twice, and even though it happened to him some 40 years ago, I could still see the goosebumps on his arm as he recalled the experience. When I was young, probably 12 or 13, and this is in the voice of uh, this person's father, my family lived in a small residential suburb. There was a street lamp right across the street from us that would shine into our living room window at night, so every night before we went to bed, my father would draw the curtains. One night, I woke up around 2 a.m. and went to the kitchen to get some water. As I passed through the living room, I noticed a beam of light from the street lamp had made it through a small gap between the curtains, and I had the urge to peek through. Standing under the street lamp was a tall man with a black cap, silver skin, and massive eyes. Those huge bug eyes that you see in alien movies. He was standing there motionless, staring right at me. I quickly ducked down behind my father's recliner. There was no way he could have seen me. The house was completely dark and I barely moved the curtains as I looked through. After a few minutes of sitting on the floor behind the recliner, I grew curious, I grew curious to see if the man had passed. I looked through the curtains again, pressed firmly against the other side of the glass, inches away from my face, <laughs> was the silver man, bug eyes, staring right at me. Ah! After a moment, frozen in terror, let's just all take a moment. And freeze in terror. I ran through the house towards <laughs> my father's room and woke him up, quickly telling him what happened. He grabbed his shotgun and went outside to look around. He didn't find anyone but there was a set of fresh footprints in the dew that had been collecting on the lawn. Jesus Jeez. fucking Christ. <sighs> Maybe it was just a prank. Someone was playing on him. But how would they know he was going to get up in the middle of the... What if they had stood there day after day after day waiting for him to wake up in the middle of the night and see him so he could run to the window and that scare is, him? That is somehow scarier that someone has that That's level of commitment to scare disturbing. a child. That's You're a disturbed right. human being. Like, there is a... I think people that prank adults are already assholes, but you prank a child like that, like you're a fucking psychopath. Yeah. We should put you somewhere. Like you're not, yeah. you're not, you're not a quality 
member of society. Human? In my opinion. Don't, just don't do it. Just, just don't, don't why? do it. Why? Okay. Why? Oh, God, oh, that's terrifying. That one's creepy. Oh. creepy. Uh, this is from Little Pretty Things, hmm. which sounds like a horror movie already. It might be. Um, You're right. Pretty Little Things? I feel like that's something. But anyway. That is. It is. It is. What is Maybe, it? Maybe, yeah. Anyway. Um. So both of my parents tend to snore quite heavily when they sleep, and sometimes one will be loud enough to drive the other out of the room to sleep somewhere else for the night. So every now and then, one of my parents will come crash in my room or my sibling's room or this, uh, on the spare bed or on the other side of the double bed. One night, I woke up in the middle of the night and saw there was someone sleeping in the bed next to me. I think we can all see where this is going. <laughs> I assumed it was my dad. It sort of looked like him and it was dark and that he had trouble sleeping in his own bed. So I just figured no big deal. It's quite comforting to have a parent around anyway. So I turned around and went back to bed. The next day, just randomly in conversation, I mentioned something to the effect of, so mom must have been snoring quite heavily last night, eh? My parents both just looked at me like, what? Me? Isn't that why you crashed in my room? Dad said, no. I was asleep in our room all night. Mm -mm, mm -mm, I asked mm -mm, siblings, mm -mm, etc. Mm -mm, no mm -mm. one had gotten up throughout the night or anything. So who did I see? Oh. <laughs> that's oh. What you yes, that's that's the that's the appropriate sound to make. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, man. If my parents were ever in my bed, I'd be like, "What the fuck are you doing? Get up, go sleep. Mm -hmm. Do we have a couch?" <laughs> right. Um, the next entry comes from Celeste Nova. When I was a freshman in high school, I started getting really into uh, psychics. And my friend, now my significant other, took me to this palm-reading tarot card booth at a Renaissance fair. When I sat down in front of her, she greeted me, then looked behind me, then back at me and said, You have four people behind you. I had gone into the tent alone. I don't remember much of the reading, just that she mentioned uh, African violets because one of the spirits behind me had some connection to them. I didn't really think much of it because I didn't know anybody who had liked African violets and I forgot all about it until the following year. The next year, I went to the same booth with a different lady. My significant other sat with me. She asked if I knew anything about African violets, completely unprovoked. I said no. She said I should get them for the spirit behind me. I left the reading feeling really weird, but again, just kind of shrugged it off. Six months later, I was at a Home Depot with my dad. I separated from my dad to look at the flowers and came across some African violets. I bought them, put them in a new pot, and set them on my windowsill when I got home. Two minutes later, my mom comes in and asks me if I got anything from the store. African violets, I told her. My mom smiled and sighed and looked at me and said, You know, those were your grandmother's favorite flowers. My grandmother passed away when I was 11. When I went back to that booth the following year, they didn't even mention African violets. I know it's not a creepy story or anything, but it kind of weirds me out. I mean, it just sounds real That's nice. That's a sweet one. That's a sweet one. You're like, oh. Yeah. But I love it. Grandma's going there. I can see Grandma like being the one person of the four spirits going, go ahead, Clara. And, Clara, and Grandma's <laughs> like, could you ask her to buy some African violets? Just talk to her about African violets. She doesn't know about African violets, and they are beautiful. They're be Ask I just really think it would bring, it would really tie the room together. Please let her know I said that. <laughs> she needs some African violets. <laughs> Did I ever tell you about the time I went to this psychic, and a friend was with me, 
And for a while there, my grandfather came through pretty strong. Yes. And so I asked her if she wanted to go first, and she was like, no, you go, because she was a little nervous about it. And I said, okay, and went through the psychic thing. And my grandfather didn't really come through, so I thought that was interesting. But, you know, whatever. I go on, I and it was very short. So it was, like, at a bar, and uh, just yeah. like, hi, here's, you know, 30 bucks. Yeah. Tell me, give me yeah. a half hour reading. And that's kind of how it worked. But I didn't introduce myself. I didn't say anything to her. She just immediately got into it. So it was hmm. like, I like this. She's not, she's about her business. Yeah, yeah. So I remembered that, like not introducing myself. And then uh, the other, my friend goes up and she's talking to her. And uh, she keeps talking about this grandfather, father figure that was trying to come through and trying to talk and she was like no my grandfathers are alive so i don't know you know who that would be you know i don't have anybody like that and so she was like this is bullshit and then the psychic was like wait are you jamie and my friend <laughs> was like god damn it <laughs> she got so mad at me Your like, was like, was sorry i was fault. late sorry i'm late but can i sorry <laughs> yeah, let me just too late. sorry Sorry, I'm, go I'm going to let you finish, grandpa. but. <laughs> yeah, and she said after that, it was really hard for the lady to focus because he kept coming through and she would just be like, this isn't her. <laughs> you had your really turn, funny. God damn it. Oh yeah, God, that's yeah so it was funny. really funny, though. I love it. Okay. I told you I went to uh, Ren Faire years ago. I went to uh, yeah. uh, Ren Faire and sat down with this this adorable little old lady who absolutely fucking looked the part. I mean, she looked like a witch. Mm -hmm. I say we love. Um, and, you know, she had no phone, anything on her. I didn't tell her anything about myself. Uh, she didn't, you know, there was no reason for me to think she knew anything about my career or anything like that. And I sat down and we had a decent session. It was just a palm read uh, slash tarot reading. And it went on for about you know, half an hour, 45 minutes or so. I forget how long I paid for, but it was decent but quick, kind of a wham-bam, thank you, ma'am. Well, when it was over, <coughs> excuse Bless me. Bless you. Oh, oh, God. Oh. I thought I was going to sneeze a little bit ago. I passed <laughs> it to you. Thank you. You're oh, welcome. I knew that was very clearing. I love that. Um, and now there's spit all over my spit guard. <laughs> That's what it's for. Well, and the pop. My sneeze guard, the pop guard. Um, so uh, we, we're talking and we're doing the, the palm ring. And she came up with some decent stuff, nothing nothing earth shattering. But as she put the cards away and was closing things up, um, she kind of said, okay, I." she had this urge clearly to say something that wasn't in the cards or on my palm. Uh, and she was like, I, I'm just getting this weird. Can I ask you something? Are you, Are I see you speaking a lot in like hotel ballrooms like in front of people does that happen a lot do you like speak at, at like like seminars or whatever and i'm like i i maybe and she's like kind of she was like this is also really strange are you known for doing a very strange funny and over the top french accent and I was like, she's oui. like, she's like, are you know, like among your <laughs> friends, are you like the guy with the French accent? And I started cracking up and I'm like, can you tell me when I'm going to die and whether or not I'm going to be rich? And she starts laughing. And I was like, there's no way to There's no way she could have known that. I mean, yeah. maybe if, so if she knew like, man, that's when I knew I'm famous. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. But yeah, that was Either really cool. I'm I was like, holy shit. Because this little lady knows me or. Or She's the spirits, really even the spirits do. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. All right. Uh, okay, I believe it uh, is your turn, next, my dear. we have Joe Jaws 23. <laughs> so I used to live in Florida and was just a small car trip away from St. Augustine, which is one of the oldest cities in America. Mm -hmm. One day, my mom, brother, and I went on a nice little sightseeing trip out there to visit 
a few places. One of those places happened to be the old lighthouse. Ah, uh, yes! Oh. When we walked in, there was a little room giving some history on the place, and as soon as I walked through the doorway, I just felt a heavy presence all around me, as if pressure was being added to the room. Let's just say that we decided not to check the room out. Next, we made our climb to the top. My mom is really afraid of heights, but she went up there anyway. When she got to the top, we were, or when we got to the top, we were looking at the view when all of a sudden some lady that looked like she was dressed in 1930s attire came up to us and said, oh, you don't have to be scared of heights, it's okay. Then she walked off when we went around the whole lighthouse top and never saw her again. When we looked at a picture of some of the residents that used to live there, what a coincidence, one of those people just happened to be the same lady we saw up in the lighthouse. Well, wasn't that nice of her to try to that encourage nice of her. the mom? I love this idea, though, that she's like, you don't have to be scared. Oh, I don't have to be scared of heights. Thank you so much. That's helpful. Thank you. I felt obligated, and now you've released me. <laughs> now you've That's also a ghost saying me. it, like, okay, wait, you're, how did you die? Oh, I fell. Right. Oh, you don't have to be scared of heights. There are so many other things yeah. to be scared it's of. It's not the heights. That's it's better. the it's that sudden stop at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, I love this. This one, this next uh, username <laughs> is Jess for less. <laughs> I'll be honest, I have never been one that believes in ghosts. I always thought it was silly, and when people told me of paranormal experiences, I was always just like, yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> Until <laughs> recently. I moved in with my grandmother in a new house together. The house has been around since the 60s, but was updated to look newer. Things were great. But then about two months after we moved in, I saw something. In the doorway that leads to the back wing of the house, back where my bedroom is, I saw a man for just a split second. I just glanced in the doorway and saw him, and when I blinked, he was gone. I was one of the, it was one of those moments where I wasn't sure if I, just, if I was just tired or something, but uh, it was a younger man in his late 20s, or in his 20s. He was tall and had brown hair and was slim. I saw that much of him. I didn't say anything to my grandmother because I thought it was just silly, but then she started seeing things. Um, I came home from work one day, and she told me she saw the face of a man peek out from the same doorway. He had brown hair. At this point, I was a bit weirded out. And from then on, we have seen small things like shadows, uh, things seeming to sprint past out of the corner of our eyes. But when, uh, but even with all this, I was skeptical and thinking it was just us being paranoid. But then last night, <laughs> last night happened. I saw him. He was there in my room. I was dead asleep at 4 a.m. and something woke me up. I don't know what it was, but I just jolted awake. And there, standing beside my bed, looking at me, just watching me, was a man. He was shirtless, he was slim, he had, a, he had a young face and brown hair, his skin was a pale purple. I felt my blood run to ice. I have never moved so fast in my life. I jumped and stumbled out of the other side of my bed to scramble to the light switch. I turned on the light, and there was no one there. He was gone. My heart was racing so fast, I thought I was going to pass out. I couldn't make myself turn the light back off. I sat there in my bed with the lights on until morning. I'm currently exhausted, but I saw this man <laughs> in detail. I saw what I saw was not a dream, and I know I don't, and now I don't know what to do. I don't know what to believe in, but I saw him, and now I don't know what I'll do. I don't want to go back to sleep. It seems to be uh, only my room, the back wing of the house that the spirit lurks in. However, as terrified as I am, I do not believe that the spirit is evil or means any harm. 
He's a bit only peaceful. There's no slamming doors or knocking things off of tables or anything like that. It doesn't appear that he's trying to scare me. He seems curious. He always He's always peeking around but doesn't stay. And I feel that last night he was just watching me, curious. But I am freaked out all the same. However peaceful this spirit is, it is utterly terrifying to wake up to see someone beside your bed. Yeah. This is a fact. Now, I guess I'm looking for answers on what to do. I guess I'm looking at how to make peace with the spirit. I don't know what else to do. Update. Just learned from a neighbor that the man that lived in this house before uh, us was a man who died in his 40s and who died in the house. Ew! I mean... That's terrifying. You know what, It's the purplish cast of the skin. Like, I wonder if he suffocated or or Right, like, what happened? What happened there? Yeah, the the thing about the peaking is um, it's creepy in storytelling. I'm kind of, when I see it in video, it's like it's a little overplayed. It's like someone could peak and then run away. Yeah, it always feels like the video is trying to be a horror movie and it doesn't work. I almost never believe it. Because most times I'm like, why is is a ghost going to peak? Yeah. Yeah. It's a ghost. And why do they but all this... have long hair? <laughs> right. And look the like the girl eye. from the ring. <laughs> Man. Uh, um, Sorry, I didn't mean but to But this seems like you. maybe there's some reason for he's watching, kind of watching him and mm. looking at him while he's sleeping and kind of trying to see what's going on. So that is kind of. Like maybe he's, he's conscious and trying creepy. like not to scare. See, whenever I see. Yeah, good point. When you're when you see the, the, the videos of these ghosts, supposed ghost videos, of they, they seem to be trying to freak the person out. But if right. like, when you experience it like this story, it sounds like he's just kind of like trying not to freak the person out. Like he's just doing right. it to be like, hey, it's what different. up? Like he's being discreet. <laughs> oh, yeah. creepy. Oh, I love it. I love it. Okay. Okay. Moving on. Moving on. Okay. Your turn. Uh, JT Lennon. Nice. We recently lost our home in a fire and are staying in temporary accommodation, having lost most of our belongings. That's sad. Hmm. It's a tough time to be relying on support from others, and we try to maintain a healthy distance when my mother stops by to drop off toilet paper and other basics. She calls when she arrives, and we meet her at the back door. Visits take place on the back deck with two meters distance between us. This morning, I was washing some dishes when I first felt and then saw my mom standing very close over my right shoulder. Mm. While I did only see her in my peripheral vision, I saw enough to clearly make out her distinct figure and her clothing. She wore a white jersey knit three-quarter sleeve t-shirt and gray drawstring sweatpants. I can speak. It's weird. (laughs) (laughs) It is uncharacteristic of her to leave the house in loungewear and equally uncharacteristic of her to just let herself in. I was startled as I knew the door was locked and hadn't heard anyone enter. When I turned around, there was nobody there. I was very confused and a bit shaken. My partner suggested I call my mom to check in. When I told her what I saw, she said she was wearing that exact outfit yesterday morning, but not today at the time of the incident. When I told her what time it happened, she said at around that time, she was distressed over some family issues and thinking about me. Oh, I love it. I love love apparitions of the living. I love Mm -hmm. when that happens. It's so, it's so fascinating. And it speaks to some real interesting potentials within the human psyche that we haven't really begun to understand yet. Uh Oh, Oh. (laughs) so good. good. Okay. Uh, Next is Septoria. 
Um, when I was a teenager, I got really into fortune telling as a form of entertainment, but I put on a good show. And my best friend uh, bought me this pack of uh, Titania's Oracle cards. I practiced with You're these. You're not supposed to buy your own. It's true. That right? is that is tradition. You're supposed to. They're supposed to be gifted to you. I practiced with these by doing readings for friends. I really liked the artwork on them, and people always uh, read what they want into it. One day I did a two week ahead. Uh, excuse me. One day I did a two week ahead reading for my friend Richard. The man and the dog came up. I said this indicated a close male friend. Then the coffin card. I said, don't worry, this usually means a period of waiting. It only means death if it's drawn next to the scythe card. I shouldn't have told him that. The next card was a scythe. The Uh reading basically said a close male friend would die within the next two weeks. I tried to backpedal and say it could mean a new phase in your friendship, but I could see he was a bit upset by this. I felt awful. This was meant to be fun. Well, I caught up with Richard a couple weeks later. His best friend had passed. He and I kind of drifted apart as friends after that. It was a horrible coincidence. Oh, God. I had, okay, I have to tell two stories real quick. Okay. I used to do, and I still do occasionally, but it's very, very rare, and I only do it for close friends uh, who take it very seriously. But I I went through a a phase where uh, I had a really nice tarot deck, and I used to read it for friends, for fun, for entertainment. My my brother had a Halloween party once, and he, like, straight up hired me to, like, read them at his place because he was, like, trying to impress his coworkers. (laughs) You read them for me during a tornado warning. In the booth, yes. And we took shelter in the the big recording booth in Studio E. Um, I remember that. And uh, it was you, me, and, and and uh, Nick, Nick was his name. Nick was the, oh, with the engineer yeah, the that used to work there back in a thousand years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and I did a reading for him that night too. But but I didn't do it very often. And I had to kind of have a connection with the people to really feel comfortable with doing it. Because otherwise it's just, you know, it is just kind of fun. And uh, anyway, so the one of the last times I did it, just for anybody, was uh, a friend of mine. Uh, at the time was dating this guy, and his name is Alpesh, and he's a really sweet guy, really cool. I wasn't really close to him by any means, but, you know, we got along, and, and we were, you know, we were friendly. And, uh, and you know, his, his significant other, Becky, was a dear friend, and so, you know, she was like, you should read his tarot, because he wasn't into that kind of stuff at all. He's very skeptical, and he thought, yeah, cool, it'll be fun. Let, let's see you let's see try to break me, uh, kind of thing. And so right. I sat down, and it was already a highly competitive atmosphere, because he was looking to catch me in a bullshit thing and i'm right, like and i'm course. like it's not how it works i'm not psychic i'm not i'm not trying to cold read you i'm just kind of the, the cards are there to kind of you know help your subconscious generate meaning and so some t- you're it's it's whatever and so yeah. i was trying you to you are just reading what the cards do the cards are the thing yeah yeah and yeah. and you know you're you're it's your energy that's driving the cards i'm just i'm just turning them over and uh and it was a pretty general reading until we got to one section of this type of read you can do with a thoth deck which requires um several different little quadrants or whatever and the final one is like here are three things about the future that are just gonna happen and you have to deal with them and they very expressly said that there is a female figure in your life slightly older not a mom but she's a mother figure who is going to die very suddenly and, oh, and I'm very sorry. And I was like, shit. And I was like, and there's really nothing metaphorical about it. Like here in the in this context, it's ugh, it's gonna happen. And I felt fucking terrible because he's like, man, that's I don't have anyone like that in my life. Like there's my mom, but she died years ago, and I don't really have anyone that fits that description. And I was like, ah, it's you know what? It's probably just a bullshit flute card, whatever. Yeah, Less it's than, for the best. Less than a month later, there was an aunt of his back home in India who died. At while worshiping uh, in in uh, um, 
their sanctuary, I forget what it's called, but uh, she, it was under construction or under reconstruction, and she had gone upstairs to find an office or go to the bathroom or something, and she opened a door and fell two stories to her death. Oh, my God. Because it was like someone someone hadn't locked it, and, and there was there, the floor had been demolished on the other side for reconstruction, so she died. And, and he had she had always been very mother-like to him, though he hadn't spoken to her in several years. Mm. And uh, after that happened, like, he would not talk to me. <laughs> and I was like, I yeah. didn't, didn't make it happen. I didn't, I didn't right. do that. And, and another time I was reading tarot at my brother's Halloween party, like I mentioned, and, and I sat down and, and a relative's then-wife wanted to get her tarot readings done and so I got one and I got this weird reading and I was like kind of it became clear from the nature of the question she was asking that she was not happy in her relationship and so I was like trying oh. to like not be steered into affirming that she should leave him because this was a family member you know the 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 she was the the she was she was related by marriage but the the person in question was was a blood relative and I was like I have and um so I, I, and her husband later wanted a reading himself and it was like, you're going to be left soon. And I was like, and I was like trying to, I didn't say any of this because I didn't, right. I didn't, I'm like, oh, it says oh, you're, you've got an adventure ahead and some change is coming. <laughs> you know, I was like, fuck. And then I remember, <laughs> and then it happened. Like she just took off and, and, you know, uh, got divorced several years later, but she just took off and left. And and my brother, who was much closer to this family member than I was, was like, "What the fuck happened in that reading?" I'm like, "I don't know. It's just, it's just a car. I didn't." Yeah, and see, that's the thing is, is you're not making it. those things happen, and that's one of the things like I didn't do it. Um, yeah, I mean, I believe that you should probably have somebody who's qualified doing tarot because you don't want to introduce anything that maybe well it's like what we talked about with the ouija board like you're you're tapping into your own unconscious and what and 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 through that potentially the spirit world and so unless you know what you're doing really the difference between a professional and and, an adept so to speak and someone that's just fucking around with it it works for pretty much anyone if you're in the right mindset but the difference between an adept and an amateur is an adept knows how to protect themselves right right and that's reading you know and it's one of the things that's been you know, I have a friend that uh, did a tarot card reading with um, one of the psychics we use. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Love her. And, um, so great. I did a reading with her. And, it was amazing. I know. She's great. Mm. Um, so three cards kept coming up. And I can't remember what they were, but there were three specific cards mm. that kept coming up. And about a month later, my friend and I went to L.A. for something. Oh, mm. <laughs> for something. And um, we were there and decided to go. T- uh, there was, I think we were in Burbank, and there was like this kind of creepy witchy shop. Uh-huh. And we were in it, and they had this guy doing readings, and he was doing tarot, or he would do um, bones, like reading mm-hmm, mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. the bones. And I'd never had my bones read, and I thought, I need to get my bones read. So I did that. It was really great. The first thing was like, you're going to win something. And I was like, you're fucking right I am. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and then, <laughs> this was last summer. And then, <laughs> and then uh she did the tarot card reading, and those same three cards, he did three different um, mm. turns, and those same three cards that showed up in her previous reading showed up again every single time. Oh, and all she was doing, he would just spread it out. It wasn't a traditional tarot. He would spread them out, and mm-hmm. she would choose six cards. And those three cards came up every fucking time, and it didn't matter how he shuffled them. She chose them from different places. Oh, it was so really great. kind of like, all right, so yeah, this is the cards, that's and this so is great. her. This is nothing so to great. do. It's so great. And it, it's when, really it, great. when it's strong, when there's a message that's got to get through, it's going to come through whatever channel. Yeah. 
Yeah, if oh. you're listening, you just have to listen. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Okay, so oh, okay. next is um, Ape Boy. B-O-I. Ape Boy. Ape Boy. It happened some time ago, like summer 2019. That's not some time ago. That's last year. But anyway. That was, that's, that's some time. Yeah, some time. <laughs> it happened time. some time ago. So right. did everything. This just makes me think that this person is young. <laughs> I feel so old. I just I know. Uh, okay, it happened some time ago, like summer 2019. My family bought a flat in, in a bad state. We renovated it completely, walls, floors, everything. We have three rooms next to each other. Room on the left, room in the middle, room on the right. My room was supposed to be the one in the middle. When I sometimes visited the place when people worked there renovating it, I talked to them and shit and had several (laughs) occasions to just step into my room to be, though then it was only empty walls, broken floor, etc., you know. And there was a smell. I couldn't really put my finger on it, but it smelled somehow like perfume or flower-like, kind of fresh. It wasn't a faint, almost a noticeable smell either. Every member of my family felt it stepping inside my room. I simply thought it was something workers used to renovate, but then it was finished. We moved in, and the smell was still there. Mm. I started living in the room, my sister uh, in the one on the right, and my grandma in the one on the left, and my room was the only one that had this smell. Hmm. Every time someone entered there, they were like, oh, it smells so nice in here. And we were all wondering why. I had nothing that could create a smell, nothing at all. Actually, at the beginning, we were living with only the cardboard everywhere. There was smell was there for like three months, maybe. Mm. Then it just disappeared without a reason. Mm. There's nothing outside that can create the smell. We live on the first floor, and under our windows, there's a place where all the garbage is collected, so I kind of expected an unpleasant odor, to be honest. I've heard ghosts can bring a smell to the place, mm-hmm. and so I wonder if it might have been some kind of ghost. And if so, why and how did it leave, if it ever did? Oh. It's nice that it's a it's a sweet smell, like a, a positive yeah, smell, nice. and not not something putrid. Putrid. Ugh, like putrid like, is a great description for a gross smell. It is, or for like toilet wine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And finally, our last last but not least submission comes for our last entry comes from Woofle. W o l f f l e, Woofle. W zero. L-F-F-L-E. Wolfel, Wolfel, Wolfel. When I was young, <laughs> I want to read it like that. <laughs> when I was young, six to eight, not really sure. My parents had this apartment building they rent out uh, near our house, and one of the tenants was a couple. The wife's parents were also our neighbors, and they lived a block away from us. I used to play with the wife's younger brother and would hang out at the couple's apartment. It was around the couple's son's birthday, and I think it was uh, his first because I remember they were making a big deal about it and talking about it for weeks. They were going to hold it at the wife's parents' house, which uh, wasn't far from home, so I asked my parents if I could go. I remember them uh, indirectly saying no, and I guess in a joking, teasing kind of way, they told me that they were going to serve ducks instead of chicken. I hated ducks as a kid. (laughs) (laughs) I remember clearly being really bummed out about it for days. A few days after the party, I was hanging out at the apartment, and they were gushing about the party and pictures and just got uh, the pictures that had just gotten developed. These were back when they were doing film. Oh, God. Now, that was some time ago. Mm-hmm. That was some <laughs> uh, time ago. And I was like, I wish I was there. Then the wife was like, what do you mean? You were. Look, here you are. And she showed me the pictures, and I was there. 
I'm not sure. I, I'm sure I'm not remembering it wrong because it has been bothering me all of this time. I remember asking my aunt if I'd gone, and she said no, but my friend, the younger brother, told me I was there, and then we even played. I just don't remember attending that party at all. I mean, I've had that experience too, but not till I was in my 20s. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I went. And I remember your, getting there. And if your parents told you you couldn't go, like, why? Right. I mean, oh, Man, weird, that is weird. creepy. That's some dop- in, doppelganger shit. In my movie, the neighbors, Matrix, the like... son, the couple's son didn't exist, and they were holding <gasps> that birthday party for the, for the narrator so that they could Ooh. convince the narrator they were the child. <gasps> Like in a weird kind of, and the parents knew and like, no, we don't want you to go to that birthday party because it's really for you. And we don't want you to know. Like, "Mm." Mm. I thought it was going to be something really freaky, like the child had died and they were still going to have like a first birthday party for it, which some people do. I I don't, I don't, I don't like it. But, you know, everyone grieves differently. You know what makes me think of those celebration things? Um, That woman that killed her children, like, uh, allegedly. Um, But I think she was charged and convicted. Um let him go into the water like she pushed the car into the water with like three kids in it oh yeah what was her name because that was she was like um celebrating a birthday with like silly string and spraying it around and like having a great time for what oh yes you're actually talking about two different mothers who did this in the span of a year the first one you're talking the silly string that was darlie routier um that was here in rowlett and then the other one was the same year, and the woman drove the car like this one. The, the like the, the routier, like the kids were stabbed to death, I believe. That's right. Yes. And she yeah. and she had they a did, couple of wounds on her too. Yeah. yeah. But it happened. It was crazy. Like two mothers in the space of a year did this heinous thing, and then she was mm-hmm. convicted later because it was like whatever. But yeah, but yeah, they were at the at their funeral. She yeah. was like spraying crazy or silly string and balloons and everything. It was like it was like is a, that the cemetery? It was like, but yeah. I thought it was for their birthday. But I was well, it was it it looked like a birthday party. At yeah. a funeral, which was fucking weird. I've been to a funeral it's like that, so and it was weird. so weird. It was so weird. But I mean, because well, it feels like, yay, you're dead, and I'd rather not. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's weird. Now, I, I, you know, I did go to one funeral where we were all very glad the person was dead, but he was also very, very old and was an asshole. And so all of us were like, <laughs> we were like, let's go pay our respects. So we put rocks and right. we just put rocks in the casket to weigh it down. <laughs> Fam- family tradition. <laughs> nice. Just to make sure. It's like shooting. <laughs> kind of. Well, I wish we'd have thought of that at the time. <laughs> yeah, no, it's an old, Man. old family from years ago, and he was just a son of a bitch. And, and it was funny. Like, so many people showed up to that funeral, and it's like, what's the what's the Orson Welles story about uh, he told on the Dick Cavett show? Hang on. I'm going to think of it. Some, I think it was uh, Harry Cohn, who was the famous uh, asshole producer for MGM, I believe, who Everyone hated. He was just the fucking worst. And when he mm-hmm. died, everyone in fucking Hollywood turned out to that funeral. <laughs> and Orson Welles turned to someone like, there are so many people here. And whoever he's talking to was like, well, give the people what they want. And- <laughs> <laughs> Man, there was um, a funeral that my mom went to with my grandmother. So when my grandmother was still alive. But it was a cousin or something, a great aunt, something like that. Uh-huh. Had passed away. And... Their daughters were fighting, mm-hmm. and it mm. was really intense. Oh, God. And so, like, 
when my mom said she she kept calling me to give me updates about what, how weird it was. <laughs> <laughs> like throughout, So she'd be like, I'll be right back. And then she'd go outside and be like, Jamie, this is so weird. <laughs> is so and weird. so one of the things, she's like, you know, this aunt is telling me to sit over here, but that aunt's telling me to sit over there. And basically, it's a funeral. Where, like the, you had to take sides. <laughs> and sit on, and it was the sister's side. So one, it was like a wedding, but with the sister, like that hated the other sister. And there was like a fight at the funeral. And then she was like, uh, <laughs> she called me and she's like, this is so weird. Now, you know, we had to, we just sat in the back row so they couldn't see where we were sitting because it was her and her aunt and my grandmother. <laughs> like, we're not going to be pulled into this. <laughs> and they were just like, giggle. apparently they were giggling through the whole thing because it was so ridiculous. And like one of the sisters had put together all of the like photos and stuff and left the other sister out of everything and like cut her out of the oh pictures in the like photo like thing that they showed. Jesus. <laughs> like, really great. You can't ever make like, up for that. Like you can't ever make up no. from that. When that, that when a fight gets that bad that someone's left out of a funeral, it's like, nah, you can't be like, yeah. I'm sorry that time that like mom died and I pretended you didn't exist. <laughs> right. I Can we just, let's just get past this. I, <laughs> yeah. There was a, I don't know if they're past it yet. There's probably not. There's a, there's footage um, it just makes me think of footage of a graveside service, and I guess the pastor is like uh, wants to like produces a dove as part of a live dove as a symbol, and is gonna like let it go to symbolize the person's mm. soul moving on. And the the pastor's young, strapping man um, throws the the uh, not pigeon, not the trash dove, the dove. Excuse me, just the straight up <laughs> dove throws the dove in the air after delivering a gorgeous eulogy and um, throws it a little too hard, snaps its neck, so it just comes <gasps> right down. Ah! And of course, everyone's like, you know, I mean, I would there, I'd be torn between like, oh, that's really sad and that's not a good omen, between thinking it's also fucking hilarious. I know. Funerals are fucking weird. Funerals. Yeah. I've been to a lot of funerals in my time, big family, and we all do, on both sides of my family, we all have our own weird things that we do. Um, mm -hmm. And and um, but the, the weirdest one had to be the family member I was mentioning earlier where my mom decided just as one last fuck you, <laughs> she got a picture of the grave freshly, like, uh, earthed over, but she wanted, she got a picture of the guy, the, the, the worker with the shovel. And there's a picture of this man's grave, and you know, next to it is this worker in a hard hat with a shovel smiling and waving at the camera. <laughs> I love your mom. And that's in the that's family great. album. <laughs> My mom's like, so his name was Daryl. He was a very nice man. Uh, so we're going to request that you send us your ghost stories. And if these stories have inspired you, any kind of weird psychic readings, tarot readings, experiences like that, please send them in. But also, if you have any weird ass family fight, funeral fucking oh my whatever God, please. stories. <laughs> please send those. We I want should do to an entire those. episode on the weirdest funerals you've ever attended. Yes. I mean, it can't just be us that have weird fucking families. No, no. <laughs> it can't, it can't be. Us. We're too well adjusted. <laughs> yeah, right? Right. That's, there's got to be other people out there. So Maybe we're well adjusted weird... because after dealing with our families, everything else is just cream cheese. But... That's right. That's true. Delicious. Uh, especially when added to a cake. Um, but yeah, send us your stories. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. Um, uh, shout out to our Patreons. Yes. Patrons. Patrons, um, you guys are the best. Yes, yeah, stay safe. Stay sane if it suits you. And remember. It's okay to it's sleep okay to with sleep the lights with the on. Lights on. <laughs>